You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. On today's episode, we're going to get into some of the news items of the day. We're going to talk about basketball and we are going to get into the ACC schedule, which will be released later. I have some thoughts on that. Locked On Boston College, thank you all for following along. Today, let's start in by jumping into the news. This weekend, Boston College men's hockey played against UConn in a home-and-home in a series that Boston College got points in both games but only left with one win. On Friday afternoon, Boston College let a lead slip away to the Huskies and then the Huskies beat Boston College in a shootout at the end of the game. Boston College get points but they don't get the three points for the win. On Saturday, they head to stores and Boston College again lets a lead slip but they fought, they finish it off in the third quarter, uh, period with a few goals and win 5-3. Big win for BC. Now, the big thing that we're going to have to check out for, for the hockey team is whether they're going to be able to hold on to that number one seed. Uh, you know, with, with the weekend's game, at the time of this recording, North Dakota won one of their games this weekend, and they have another game just on the, on the docket as I'm recording this. And Minnesota s- annihilated Arizona State. 10-0 and 10-2. Combination of 20-2. to That was some big matchup for Minnesota. So Boston College could fall out of the number one seed to the to the Gophers if that uh, that's a possibility uh, given only tying one of those games this weekend. As we mentioned before, we don't know who Boston College will play next week. Hockey East is going to go week by week. Uh, so we'll find out who the Eagles will be uh, playing in their next upcoming matchup. For men's basketball, it was off. And women's basketball is off. As we mentioned before on the podcast, both teams had games postponed. Now, men's were supposed to face Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech in the last week. Both of those games were postponed. And women's basketball had a pair of games postponed as well. Both BC teams have a positive case on the roster. They don't make it clear if it's a player, staff, whatever it is. But they're on pause. So that means... This week's games could be in jeopardy as well as Boston College needs to have players, you know, pass tests. You know, they have a whole protocol over how long they have to be clear before they can play again. So stay tuned to BC Bulletin. We will stay on top of whether, you know, the women's and men's basketball team get their team together to play. But they're both officially paused right now. Now, if you look around the uh, college basketball, it's been a spike. I know Michigan just had a big spike and their team is on pause. But 94% of the team, John Rothstein said, are still playing. So, you know, Boston College, they're going through a moment right now. They'll be back and we'll, we'll find more out about that. Also in the news, Tennessee still has not found a head coach. And... Again, the Tennessee boards are saying Jeff Halfley should be a, a candidate. If you listened to my episode last week, you heard me rail about this and how stupid that is. Jeff Halfley will not be the next te- head coach at Tennessee. I've said this already before. If you missed that episode, really quick reason why. Tennessee's a mess. They're under investigation. And Boston College is in much better shape at this point than Tennessee. So 
I don't think he's going to be leaving after one season. The other uh, message, I, I also saw a name that had popped up as a possible replacement at Tennessee is P.J. Fleck. Um, and that and then the Minnesota boards were saying that, you know, Jeff Hathaway would be a great replacement for P.J. Fleck. Um, I know Boston College for a while has been, near, you know, a middling team in the ACC. But let me just say something here. Tennessee has not been relevant in a while. You know, he's not just going to leave for money. Minnesota needs to, you know, check themselves a little bit. Yes, they've had some success recently, but Minnesota as a historical program is not as big as they think they are. Jeff Halfley would be doing a lateral move or even less if he went from Boston College to Minnesota. So he's not doing either of those. So I, I see his name thrown around and I just want you guys, because people tweeted at me, it's not going to happen. Jeff Halfley will be the head coach unless some something insane happens in 2021. He will be back. You know, I am not delusional to think that he's going to be here for five to ten years. I think he will eventually move on, and after he has some success, he will take his next career move. But he's not going to leave after one year. So if you see these things, just disregard them. On the recruiting trail, I wanted to talk a little bit about two names. So George Rooks, I know a lot of you have been asking about it. No news, but we're going to find out soon because the next signing day is in like 10 days. I think it's February, early February for that last signing day. So keep your eyes open on that. And we'll continue to look to see if there's any late 2021 recruits that Boston College uh, has offered. The other name to watch for is Avante Dickerson. I've mentioned him before on the podcast. He's a four-star cornerback who had committed to Minnesota, but had Boston College in his final groupings. He just decommitted to Minnesota. Now, it looks like he's probably going to aim more at like Nebraska or Oregon, but I would not discount Boston College in this uh, recruiting battle. I think he could be someone, you know, maybe that's a, a nice late surge. Hey, if you get him and you get Rooks, that's two more four-stars for Boston College, and you can see where that recruiting class will go. So keep your eye. His name is Avante Dickerson, another name to watch, and that's where we're going to kind of leave off before we head to our first, uh, to our next segment. But before we do, I want to tell you about Keeps. As guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair, from how it feels after getting a fresh cut to the way it's perfectly styled before going out. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it feels like panic time. It's not a good feeling at all. Because let's face it, no guy is ever ready to get bald. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Now, two out of three guys will experience some form of male baldness by the time they're 35. The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some hair left. You've used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. Perfect during the pandemic where it's not easy to go out. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. So if you are losing some hair on the top, get that bald spot on the side, maybe it's getting a little bit thin on the top, on the other sides, you're going to want to go to keeps.com slash locked on college and they're going to give you the first month of treatment for free. I'm not even kidding. All you need to do is go to keeps.com slash locked on college and you're going to get your 
first month of treatment free. So it's K-E-E-P-S dot com. Again, it's K-E-E-P-S dot com for your first month of free medication. Next up, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. Now there's football. We're heading into Super Bowl season. We have the Bucks, and hey, I'm, I'm recording this while the other game's going on. It could be, it looks like it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if you're ready to make some money this postseason, you're going to want to head to betonline.ag. Now, they have college basketball, hockey, the NBA, mixed martial arts, whatever your heart desires. They have futures. You can bet on the NFL draft. You can bet on politics. It's all on betonline.ag. It's the one place that has you covered and the one place we trust here on the Locked On Network. All you need to do is head on over to betonline.ag, sign up today for a free account, and use our code Locked On. They're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus. That's right, 50%. So if you put 300 bucks, they're going to give you 150 bucks. It's like a win for you right off the bat. All you need to do is head on over to betonline.ag. Remember, the code is Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. AJ Black here, Locked On Boston College. On tomorrow's show, we will have Richard Jurgen, the former defensive end and transfer from Clemson, who's going to talk to us a little bit about what his post-career life has been since leaving football. You're going to want to hear that story only on Locked On Boston College on our Tuesday show. As crazy as it sounds, the 2021 season for Boston College football is just starting to get underway. As the, on Sunday, the first step in that season's preparation has began. So for Boston College, the early enrollees have all jumped on campus. They're all there. On their social media account today, BC announced that there were 12 early enrollees along with four transfers. Now to start this conversation off, let's just kind of quickly go over who has joined Boston College as an early enrollee and will be able to practice with the team this spring. So there's Sean Asbury, who's a defensive back, Bryce Steele, linebacker, safety hybrid, Pete, Ken uh, yeah, Pete Kendall, Drew Kendall, the offensive guard who we've talked a lot about, Lewis Bond, a running back, uh, Dante Reynolds, wide receiver, Lilja Krajnovic, who if you got to see his picture on Twitter, go to BC Football on Twitter and see him. He is enormous. He's going to be an offensive lineman. He's the kid from Serbia who has only played a couple years of football, but, man, if they can figure out how to get him going, he's going to be uh, something special. Quarterback Emmett Moorhead, um, Clinton Burton Jr., who is the four-star, the big one that they got that transfer, uh, decommitted from Florida. There is Xavier Coleman, the running back. Connor Layton, the kicker, Donovan Azaraku, who's a defensive end slash linebacker, and Casey Finney, who's a local linebacker that ended up flipping from Michigan to Boston College. So those are the 12 freshmen that are going to be coming. And on top of that, there are four transfers as of now. And obviously this could still change. And, you know, with the spring semester going, these, you know, if they got more transfers, I would imagine that these kids would start in the summer, kind of like what um, you saw with Jalen Gill last year and Chibuzi and Wuka. Um, but these are the kids that were like Phil Dracovic last year where they transferred in, were on campus pretty much in the spring. And that is linebacker Isaiah Graham Mobley. There is other linebacker Jaden Lars Woodbay and 
Chris Banks, the defensive tackle, who we interviewed. If you have not gone listened to that interview, go back a couple episodes. Uh, we talked to him when he committed to BC. I think it's about two weeks ago. And then there was long snapper Gunnar Daniels, who transferred to Boston College from from Wagner. He's a graduate transfer long snapper. You know, obviously, he fits a role as Aiden Livingston uh, transferred, uh, announced he was transferring, and Boston College didn't really have a long snapper on the roster. So he would be the fourth transfer on that group. Now, if you remember, there was a transfer defensive end from uh, UMass, Jake Bazico, I believe is how you say his last name. He is a preferred walk-on, so he wouldn't be part of that list. Now, you see a list like this, and you see 12 early enrollees. The first thing, at least for me, that jumped out was like, wow, that is a lot of early enrollees for a school. And there's a few thoughts I had. First of all, you had to think of numbers, okay? The 2020 recruiting class for Jeff Halfley, I think, was only 11 kids. It was a really small recruiting class. Now, when kids come early for uh, their their uh, to start their college career, this actually counts towards last year's recruiting class. The, 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 the numbers, when they work it out, you can only have 25 kids in a recruiting class, so you can only work it out so that these kids count towards the last year. It's just... It's weird accounting, but that's how it works, the NCAA. So BC is one of those rare schools that had such a small class that they could just bulk up with kids. And that makes a lot of sense to do that uh, because now you're going to get these kids going and they're going to learn the system a little bit more and you're going to get kids that could contribute a lot faster because they're going to have you know all that extra preparation, all that extra training, and get themselves in collegiate shape, which is different than high school shape. You've seen it with offensive linemen and, and the and bulking up for some of the bigger positions takes some time. So getting these kids in early will help them become more effective players come the fall. And from the kids' perspective, this makes a lot of sense too. I was actually talking to my wife about this. This is the perfect year to get a big a bumper class of early enrollees because at most schools, you know, you may get kids that don't want to go early because they're going to miss all those senior year of high school things. They'll miss their prom. They'll miss graduation. All those senior events that they do at high schools, they would miss that. But because of COVID, those events are pretty much going to probably all be canceled or virtual. So you're not really going to miss anything. Instead, you instead of just staying at home and you know doing hybrid learning or where whatever the schools are doing remote, you can go and start your collegiate career and get going on what you want to do, which is to play college football. It makes a lot of sense for these kids, and I bet, I bet there was a lot you know a lot of kids at other schools that are dying for this opportunity, but because of number crunching, couldn't do that. So it's a unique opportunity for Boston College. Now, looking forward, just as I said with 2020, this group also kind of eases the number usage for next year because now Boston College could do the same thing in 2022 and get a big early enrollee class if they want. Because technically, right now, Boston College's recruiting class of 2021 is only like 12 kids because 11 of them went early. Now, Boston College probably will, you know, they could get, you know, as I mentioned before, George Rook or Avante Dickerson, or maybe there's other kids that we just don't know about yet that will take that number and put it up. But next year, Jeff Halfley could get another 8, 10 kids to enroll early. 
And if you remember correctly, for most BC classes, you get like three or four early enrollees. So this is going to put Boston College in a very good position moving forward. And we'll get to see, well, we won't get to see because of uh, COVID restrictions, but we'll get to hear about from Jeff Halfley, hopefully, uh, in spring practice, what these kids are going to bring to this team. And hopefully start to hear more about how they're fitting into the offense and how they're fitting into the defense and what kids could actually play a role come, come the fall. Because I think it's going to be exciting. You want to start seeing these Halfley kids getting on the field and really pushing you know, either the starters or, or getting themselves involved in that depth chart because you want deep teams. That's how you make a good college football program. Now, in our final segment, we're going to talk about the ACC schedule. I have some thoughts about what I want to see happen, and you're not going to want to miss that. Now, my favorite part of this show is to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a delicious, nutritious bar that can substitute for a meal at any time. And they have 18 amazing flavors. They have the six new flavors, and they have 12 of those OG flavors. You know, the original flavors that you can get all the time. My favorite is coconut. My goodness, it tastes like a candy bar, and it keeps me going all day long. They're 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And the best part, it doesn't taste like a, a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar, and it's delicious, and it's something I look forward to. And the best part, you know, some days I'm I am swamped with work. I don't have time to make myself lunch. I don't have time to, you know, eat, a, eat something healthy. But I ha- I'll always have time to just open a quick Built Bar, and it'll get me through those moments. It gives me energy, and it's perfect. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a hot treat. So try out Built Bar, and they have a special promotion that you are not going to want to miss. While supplies last, they're going to give you a free cooler with purchase. All you need to do is go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, head on over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The Locked On Network continues to expand, and we have an exciting new podcast that I want to tell you about. It's called Locked On Today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. I have to admit, I've been recording today's episode in in chunks. So earlier on, I said I didn't know who was in the Super Bowl. It's going to be the Chiefs, and it's going to be the Bucks. As I mentioned last week, that was my prediction. No Boston College players are going to make the Super Bowl. So we're going to have to wait another year without a BC player getting that Lombardi trophy. So unfortunately, that's a bummer. But let's talk about what I really wanted to jump in and talk about today, which is on Thursday, the ACC is going to release their football schedule for next year. You're going to get a full analysis on bcbulletin.com as soon as that schedule releases. But I have some thoughts about what it should be like because I I have some strong opinions about what the conference should should do. Now, Now, the ACC has a new commissioner, Jim Phillips. He's the former AD at Northwestern. He's jumping in. He's going to be working um, with the former commissioner to kind of get his 
you know, bearings going as he runs the, the conference. But the news broke this week. I think his name was Nathan Fink of Syracuse.com saying that the ACC is going to go back to the divisions of years past. And I am not a fan of this. You know, I, it's, I hate it for a couple of reasons. First of all, as a Boston College fan, I like seeing other teams on my schedule other than just Clemson, you know, the usual Atlantic groups. I don't want to have to wait 10 years to see Miami. I don't want to have to wait seven years to see North North Carolina. I want to see just, you know, switch them up every year. I want the ACC to go divisionless again. I loved what they did in 2020. And I know it was because of COVID-19, but I really wished the ACC would stick with that system. And because, first of all, with the scheduling, you get different teams. It was fun seeing, you know, we had Georgia Tech, Virginia, um, North Carolina. We had a whole bunch of different schools. And it, it's, it would be great, too, to not have to play Clemson every year. I'd love to see Boston College, you know, switch it up so that we get to play North, North uh, Notre Dame, UNC. It, it, it's only fair because the Coastal Conference for years have been able to duck the Florida States, the Clemsons, uh, other than one or two teams that gets gets them on their schedule. And that's big for them. That's a big advantage for many of those teams. But also, I'm going to knock the Coastal Conf- uh, Division a little bit because I want to see the I want to see the ACC stick divisionless. I want the two best teams in the conference to make the conference championships. I don't want divisions to make it arbitrary who makes it because we've had years where, you know, you had Florida State and Clemson playing really well and they're both in the Atlantic so they don't get to play each other in the in the championship. Instead, they get to play, you know, like an 8 and 4 Virginia Tech team or a team that's not, you know, the, we've had some really down years in the coastal. And I'm not saying that it, every, every year is going to be the Coastal. Obviously, UNC is a really good school, and they're doing really well. But it would be great that, like, hey, if Boston College ends up getting themselves going and Phil Dracovic is, you know, masterminding one of the best offenses, and maybe they have a battle with Clemson. And just like with Notre Dame and Clemson this year, it goes down to, like, the wire. Wouldn't it be great to have a rematch in the conference championship? I think that's best for football. I loved the Clemson-Notre Dame storyline this year. And I wish that the ACC would keep that so that we get those types of games every year. Now, now next year, it may not be Boston College. As I said earlier, it could be UNC and Clemson. Or it could be UNC and BC. Who knows? But I, I really don't want these divisions to go back. And I know it's coming back. So that's my thought on divisions at first. Now, on top of that, there's a bunch of questions that we're going to have to see about scheduling. Now, if the ACC goes with the system that they planned before COVID-19, Boston College is going to have to go to Death Valley for the third year in a row. And I don't want to cry that that's unfair, but man, that is unfair. (laughs) Boston College should not have to go to Clemson for three years in a row. And I don't think the ACC is going to go and change the schedule around, but that's a, that's a, a sizable disadvantage for the Eagles going into this year. On top of that, you can balance it a little bit because if the ACC skip uh, uh, keeps with the scheduling that they're supposed to have in terms of cross-division games, BC should get Georgia Tech this year. Now, Georgia Tech was bad, and I don't think they're going to get any better this year. So that's a good thing for Boston College. They're going to get a team 
that they should match up pretty well. And, you know, BC beat them pretty handily. I think they could beat them even better with another year under their belt. So that's that's an advantage. But we don't know that yet. Maybe the ACC decides, okay, so BC played all these coastal teams. Maybe they'll play Miami this year. I don't think it'll happen, but that would be interesting. It would also make the schedule a lot harder, but that's okay. So you're going to have the ACC schedule. And I think BC has a good schedule that should line them up, as I said in past weeks, for a good, solid, uh, you know, winning percentage if they play the, play it right. Now we don't know what the the games are going to be like next year. If they're going to play twelve games, I assume they will. Um, you know, between now and September is a lot of time with vaccinations, and we should know soon what that twelfth game should look like. As I've said before, my prediction: as much as you guys are going to groan is going to be that it's going to be an FCS school. You know, it could be like a Maine or URI or who knows, Holy Cross. I don't know who it's going to be, but expect that FCS, uh, you know, cupcake game in there for that 12th game. So you have your schedule in place. That Just that one game they got to figure out, and you'll know what Boston College's schedule looks like for 2021. And we're only a few weeks away from spring practice. It's crazy. It, you know, you seems like with football that like you end the season, we ended right at the beginning of December, that it's going to be like eight months before we even talk about it again. But we get spring football and it's going to be exciting. I don't know what they're going to do. I hope the players and staff have taken time for themselves. I know they're exhausted after a long um, and arduous uh, time together. But we get to talk about what the season's going to look like, what they're going to be doing. We get to jump. I'll be able to jump into some more press conferences with Jeff Halfley and ask some questions about what's going on with the team. So that's coming up soon. And it's good because it doesn't look like basketball is going to be uh, be playing anytime soon. So remember, tomorrow we have Richard Jurgen coming in. We're going to talk to him about his career. And you're going to get to hear about his new adventure. Uh, Uh, new venture that he has post football. So thank you all for listening. If you have not done so already, if you're an Apple, give us a five star review, tell us and and write a review saying how much you like the podcast. It helps new people find our podcast. If you haven't already, if you have friends and family that are fans of Boston college, share this podcast with them. Say, Hey, it's interesting. It gives, you know, a good 20 minutes to talk about BC football, BC sports. You're going to like it. Again, this is AJ Black. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC or on uh, Facebook at Boston College SI. I thank you all. I will see you all again for tomorrow's show. Take care, everyone.